Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Retire, an audio guide packed with information to help you achieve a successful retirement. I'm your co-host, John McComb, with more than half a century of award-winning broadcasting experience. It's my pleasure to join Lori Pinkowski every two weeks for Ready, Set, Retire. Lori is an award-winning and highly respected portfolio manager and senior vice president at Canaccord Genuity, who has been successfully managing retirement portfolios for over two decades. We're here to talk about everything from financial and estate planning to travel, hobbies and health matters and so much more. Whether you're thinking about your retirement or already living your retirement dreams, Ready, Set, Retire is for you. Lori is an avid pre-COVID traveler myself. I support the idea of the fun and excitement of travel after retirement as one of the most popular and desired pursuits for this phase of life. From day trips by car to round-the-world journeys, retirees have wanderlust. And after a few years of restricted travel, a lot of people are eager to once again hop on a plane, train, or automobile and get away to brighter and more adventurous things. And with restrictions starting to ease and the world opening back up again, the travel landscape has started to shift once again. Nevertheless, planning a trip right now can be a bit overwhelming, even more so when you factor in international travel with a lot of countries having different rules, restrictions, and testing requirements to deal with COVID. Exactly, John. I think this is so timely because as I'm talking to more and more clients, people are opening up to the idea of traveling once again post-pandemic and really getting back into the swing of things. I definitely encourage travel, especially in retirement. If you have your health, you have the money, you have your mobility, it's time to get going and uh, start planning those trips. And so the adventurous retiree is really keen to take off uh, on a new adventure in the coming 12 months. And so today on Ready, Set, Retire, we're joined by Linda Burns from Ageless Adventures to speak on traveling as a retiree during COVID or or post-COVID or somewhere in between uh, post-COVID so that you can resume traveling with all the information you need to make the planning process easy. I think a lot of people have a lot of questions out there, so we're super happy that Melinda's joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. That's great. And Melinda joins us with decades of experience planning trips for mature adults from as young as 50 to people in their 90s. As one of the company leaders of Ageless Adventures, Melinda is responsible for tour development, sales, tour guiding, and the day-to-day operation of the company. As a company leader of Ageless Adventure Tours, Melinda really helps plan unique escorted tours of Canada, the U.S., and international destinations. Each tour is led by a professional and friendly guide who creates like a fun and casual atmosphere to make traveling and in retirement not only easy and fun but social too and I think that's so important after two years of staying home and isolating during some of those times and it's time to get out get with people have some fun see the world so again we're so happy uh, that Melinda's here with us today and looking forward to hearing all her insight about travel abroad and Melinda retirement is a time for picking up old hobbies and trying new activities and traveling the world but amid all of these life changes maintaining one key constant makes the difference with relationships and friends why is it important for retirees to stay active and social i think it's very important for their own mental and physical well-being I've talked to so many people on the phone over the last couple of years and they're just chomping at the bit to get out and do things and they're feeling a little bit isolated 
And I think with things changing, it's important to enjoy these friendships with like-minded people on the tours. And also just even when I talk to people when they're starting to plan it, it's so important that they have something to look forward to. That's just part of the experience and anticipating the trip ahead of them. So I think those are vital things, again, your own mental and well-being for sure. I think that planning something, looking forward to something maintains a, a real positive outlook on life. And I think that we're at that point now in the pandemic where you can look forward and, and start to plan for those trips that you've kind of missed over the last couple of years. And again, when I'm talking to a lot of retirees, I mean, this is one of the biggest things they missed. I mean, first it was, of course, uh, hanging out with family and friends. But uh, strong number two was uh, the ability to travel and go where you want to go because a lot of people have that bucket list, right, of those awesome places that you want to see around the world. And now there's a place like Ageless Adventures that focuses on tours for smaller groups of people. So, you know, you're not waiting for numerous, numerous people to get on and off a bus, I'm assuming. And that's what you mean by these smaller tours. And I think that's just great for retirees. And, it, you know, it's easier for them to travel together. Things are planned out. And so, again, you just have to, I guess, make the decision to, uh, to start looking uh, at where you want to go, really. I think group travel benefits retirees in so many ways. The safety of the group is very important to guests. It's crucial that people feel safe and comfortable on a tour. And I think one of the reasons that the adult kids feel really good about them traveling with us is because they don't have to worry about their parent. It's important because of creating new friendships. Because not all your friends that you have necessarily aren't always travelers. So you meet new friends on trips. You find like-minded people and you should have shared experiences. The other thing too is people often forget how important a tour guide is in making it safe and comfortable for people, you know, like handling all the arrangements and making sure that guests are included in activities. I was just chatting today with our staff and they said that you know, there are so many singles too that phone and they want to be safe and have all those experiences. But singles are no longer a minority with us. We get many as eight to 10 singles a tour. So they want to feel safe. They want to feel included in the experience. So that's what group travel can do as a benefit. Yeah, definitely. Um, I deal with a lot of widows. And I think that's one of the things that they miss is having that ability to travel with a partner. And so going on one of these tours with a group definitely is a safer route for them. They feel more comfortable. So I, I highly recommend that as well. Thinking about uh, what you want to do in retirement is an important part of retirement planning. You're likely to be more successful if you get as uh, detailed and specific as possible about how and when, where, why, and with whom you want to travel. So, Lori, how would you recommend budgeting for travel in retirement? It depends on what kind of travel you're going to be doing in retirement, but it's really important to set those goals and make it part of the overall financial plan. So as you know, everyone who we deal with has a financial plan. We've got a financial planner on the team. And one of our key questions is, are you planning on traveling? And if so, what kind of traveler are you? We've got a lot of clients that are more budget travelers. We've got people who like to get in their RV and head for the sunset. We've got people who like to go to Europe or Asia. And so it's, again, it's just really important to figure out what amount you are projected to spend on travel. And I always say to people, think as if things were just open and you could do what you wanted to do and plan post-pandemic for a financial plan. So often what we're looking at is, you know, over the next 10 years, how much you're going to be spending on traveling. 
A lot of people spend more in early retirement, obviously. They have the ability, mobility, and they have the lust for travel. As people age, they may start to change their travel habits and they may spend less. But often we're saying 10 to 20,000 for the initial kind of 10 years in retirement is the number I see. And later on, it may be just 10,000 a year, a sort of idea for travel up until a certain age. And so things you want to ask yourself when budgeting for travel, how often, how long do we plan to travel for? Or do I plan to travel for? Where do I want to go? What are my top countries? Uh, I know I have a few. Slovenia is one of them. Israel was amazing that I saw. Africa. I know, John, you're an avid traveler as well. I'm sure that you have a bunch of favorites. And I always say to clients, I'm not just their portfolio manager, financial advisor. I was also like a travel advisor there for, for a while. <laughs> But, uh, you know, what kind of accommodation do you want to stay in? You know, are, are you looking for deals? I, the benefit of retirement is that you can just pick up and go when you want. Um, and so you can get better deals than if you have to plan ahead, like when you're working. What are typically my largest expenses when I travel? Do I want to treat my family to a vacation? I see that a lot. Uh, people want to take their whole entire family on a cruise or on a trip to Hawaii, things like that. And so that kind of information really helps myself, the financial planner, budget for future travel needs. And like I said, often we're seeing this kind of 10 to 20,000 the first 10 years and, and maybe a little less thereafter. Melinda, can you comment on that as well when you're talking to people about budgeting for, for travel? Or a vacation? Most retirees, I would say about, I was reading uh, lately about 81% of retirees report that they, their number one thing they plan to do in retirement is travel. So it's a good idea to have a plan like you were saying. It's a huge idea because I think people, you know, at least want to go away somewhere like once a year for sure. And we deal with people, a lot of times people in their 70s and beyond. And, and a lot of what we do is we often find a lot of them like about um, short tours, about two and three in a year. And if that's the case, then I would say anywhere between three and $5,000. And then, of course, more for longer tours. But just as, as an example, we have a lot of four-day tours. And they average about anywhere from about 1700 to 2000 based on double. So that makes it so that a person can travel easily three or four times a year. We have some guests who've done over 50 tours with us because they've been able to do these short getaways. So it doesn't all have to be long. And you may not want to go away for a long time. You may have your gardening or what have you that you want to stay and be around for. So these shorter ones give you that getaway that you're looking for. You just uh, brought up the gardening, which is funny. I was just speaking to my parents who are about to book a couple of uh, trips to Europe. And I told them, you should just stay there. Uh, you know, they're going on two different tours and, you know, visit some relatives in between. And what was my my dad's uh, reply? What, what about the garden? What am I going to do? The ferns, they need to be watered. I said, no one died and wish they had an extra fern. They, they, they wish they visited more countries during their lifetime. So, uh, so I think they're going to book both tours based on my uh, my insight and advice there. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, how would you would recommend planning or to space out your travel plans in retirement. And you mentioned this a bit. How does your travel experience change as you age? 
Yeah, my experience, I've seen most people wanting to travel more at the beginning of their of retirement, as I was talking about. They have the energy to travel, and they're going on more adventurous trips, I would say. They're thinking about the safaris, the trips to Italy, stuff like that. And people really want to get going and see the world. After working for so many years, people are eager to travel. You also have better health, and the mobility is a big one, right? You're able to go on these tours and, and walk around and so on. Also, if you don't have grandkids yet, um, or you're not volunteering, yet, you may have the ability to kind of get away. But I liked what Melinda was saying. It doesn't always have to be long trips, right? I mean, short trips work as well uh, for people to kind of get a taste of some of these other areas. What we don't want to see is people delay their travel so far that they kind of miss out on some of those adventures that they were just waiting to get onto. But of course, there's a few people in their 80s and 90s that also are super active and adventurous. I have a client uh, who's 93 years old, and him and his wife were booking a European cruise uh, for spring of this year. And so they want to get going with travel, you know, and I always encourage people, you know, it's important to to get going and, and, and start booking and, and look forward to the future and uh, as we come out of this pandemic. So Melinda, what do you see about aging and travel? Do you see that more people are doing the adventurous trips early on and booking kind of cruises in their 70s and 80s? Or what do you think? I, I see all sorts. And I guess it really depends on the person. Oh, it absolutely depends on the person. I mean, I think as you age, you do get a little bit more anxiety. Things that you were willing to do, maybe go to Europe, do these different things you may not be willing to do when you're on your own. So when we're at the airport checking in, something it was simple for them before to do that. People are a little bit nervous about that. They're glad that the tour guide has showed up. Less mobility. So they, th they sometimes people think their mobility is okay and they get there and they find, oh gosh, I can't do this. I found that people want things more organized for them. They don't want to maybe spend all the time researching the stops and the hotel accommodation, that type of thing. They want to have it laid out. And I find that they're maybe not as socially active as before. And so this is an important thing. When they go on a trip, they get to meet like-minded people. And they also will have stories about their past trips that they can share with these other people. So, you know, it's one thing about traveling with a group is that all you need to do is pack your bag. And literally, we pick you up at your door and away you go. And, you know, you mentioned something, Lori, about people in their 80s and 90s being super active. Well, gosh, we've planned tours that we think, well, this will be for a younger retiree. And then we'll have people in their 80s and 90s show up for it. So I'm like, wow, if you have your mobility and your health, yeah, of course, that's why we call it Ageless Adventures, because we can't tell you if you're too old to travel. Like if you're wanting to go, <laughs> we're, we're going to take you, <laughs> you know. That's awesome. That's a great attitude to have. If travel is the most popular thing people want to do after they retire, spending time with the grandkids is probably second. Uh, travel is an excellent way to spend real quality time with grandchildren while making extraordinary memories. So, Melinda, how can retirees keep pace and peace with traveling with <laughs> adult children and grandchildren? Well, we have a lot of adult kids that join their parents on trips, mostly mothers and daughters more than any other combination. But I really feel that it gives the adult child a break from planning each day, uh, having to do the driving. It just leaves time for them to enjoy the experience with their parent. So that is huge. I mean, they, of course, on the trip, if it's organized, they would probably want to break maybe from each other <laughs> on the trip. But I think that it gives definitely an opportunity just to really enjoy the trip. 
spending time with family is is so important. And, um, you know, if you can bring an adult child along with you and, and have some of that quality time, I think that's fantastic. And so coming back to the world we're living in today, how have travel restrictions impacted people's ability to book? And how have you as a travel agency adapted during COVID? And what are you seeing change right now, I guess? Yeah, things have changed for sure. I know that during COVID, when there was still an opportunity to travel a little bit, you know, people were very clear when they phoned, I want to know what your protocols are. And I've got to do something. I'm bored. I'm isolated. My mental health is suffering. So I found a lot of tour agencies, like we're a tour operator. So we put together itineraries and tours for people. But travel agencies were calling us because they wanted to pivot to local tours. And that was sort of our specialty is um, local tours. So we had a lot of travel agencies ask us to put some BC tours together for them. And that sort of, I noticed a lot of travel agents were pivoting to local things. But the, definitely the protocols are very important. Even now, people will phone and say, well, how many people are going to be on that bus? And I'll tell them it's a 55-seater and we're only taking 20 to 25 guests. So they still want to know what's going to happen. It's uh, pretty, still pretty topsy-turvy when it comes to travel, especially as things change or get back to quote-unquote normal. So what do you think travel is going to look like as we come out of COVID and all of the various and sundry travel restrictions? Are a lot of those going to, to pass away, fade away now? Well, it's so fluid. I think that we're, what we're telling guests is that, yes, whatever protocols are going to happen on the particular tour that they're doing, we'll be following but I'm finding a lot of people really want to stick within Canada this year. They're just feeling more safe with doing that. Many customers have called us to see, you know, what our plans are, what our protocols are. And I keep telling them that they're, they're fluid, they will change. But I, I think the number one thing is people are looking to stay in their own backyard this year. Yes, we're, we, you know, we're offering it the odd international travel. But I think that if those individuals are wanting to do that, they would probably want to make sure that the protocols are in place there and the numbers are down and no huge outbreaks. I think people are still willing to go internationally. It's just that I think those two criteria will be very important. Definitely. And for those looking to get away, you know, what places are the best that you're seeing to travel to right now, locally in North America and internationally? What are people interested in right now? I think basically people are looking right now to stay in BC and Canada I think they're really comfortable if solid protocols are in place and numbers are down with no huge outbreaks. I still think there's a lot of opportunities out there to go internationally. But I do think, I mean, because we have a local tour company that does local things, obviously I'm going to promote that idea. And that is why people are phoning. They were known for or discovering your own backyard. And so are some of those places like Vancouver Island, the Okanagan, Whistler, or is it even more adventurous in some places up in northern BC, or what's your flavor of the day? Well, right now we're doing tours to Newfoundland, we're doing tours to the St. Lawrence Seaway, we're going to be doing Haida Gwaii tours, Yukon Northwest Territories, polar bear tours, and then in BC a lot of like tours that combine boat trips on the West Coast. For example, with the coastal tours, we'll, we'll be going on two different boat rides. So you'll have two different opportunities to see air, different areas and enjoy seeing the whales and the wildlife there. And I think our most popular tour are Haida Gwaii, Yukon Northwest Territories. Um, but we have some lifetime set of bucket list tours that people can go on up to see the, the polar bears of Churchill. 
we have other tours that involve like a lot of grizzly bear viewing, that kind of thing. So people are looking for fun things like that. I don't know if I want to go come face to face with a grizzly bear. Well, hopefully you won't. <laughs> as long as I have a tour guide. <laughs> yeah, they'll run in front. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I've always said, you know, being in BC here during the pandemic, we're, we're lucky. We have such a beautiful province to explore. And the rest of Canada, too, when you're talking about Newfoundland and, and other areas like that, I'm sure people just can't wait to see some of those places, too. And, and I do think international is still a, a little ways away. I think some super adventurous retirees are getting out there and booking Italy again. But I think that there's still an issue with having to take the test before you come back and the possibility of being stuck somewhere is what I keep on hearing from people. So I think that is likely why you'll see 2022 still people want to remain, well, local, provincial, or at least in Canada or maybe uh, in the U.S. as well. But, uh, but yeah, so that's great insight, Melinda. Thank you so much. With more restrictions and requirements uh, to travel or the worries of the virus hanging on, lingering over people's heads, a lot of people aren't ready to hit the road just yet. So for those still not ready to travel, what other alternatives do you have? What do you recommend? Well, I recommend uh, there's a lot of terrific travel shows out there right now. Yeah, I know my mother just loves to watch in different countries of the world. I think those are great things to do. Viewing your past trips and maybe you have some photos or videos. You can reminisce on that and enjoy that. A lot of people will tell me that that's what they do. And then I also think uh, calling travel partners to, again, discuss past trips or even look at future ideas. You want to start planning for the future. And that could be six months or a year down the road. I think people are starting to realize that the future in travel can be, you know, for them, the people who are a little bit, maybe a little bit nervous, could be the summer or the fall. And so talk to your brands and plan something. And again, you'll have something to look forward to, right? Exactly. I I like the idea of looking at past photos of trips or maybe it's time to bring out the slideshow, right? And get together with the family and look at those, kind of think about those old memories that you had going on those trips. And uh, so that's fantastic. So can you share any favorite success stories you've seen in your years as a travel advisor or tour operator? There's so many. After 28 years, there's there's quite a few. But I think for me, it's been the big bucket list tours. Um, I had a lady that I can think of right now who went to Churchill with us to see the polar bears. And she was doing it for her 80th birthday gift. And then she went on a sled ride by herself. I think of a trip we did to Africa uh, in Kenya and uh, just to see the looks on people's face and the delight and and just being so thrilled. I mean, even on the smaller tours, though, I think the successes are is when you actually you put out the itinerary for people, people. It's like opening a gift. You know, people you, you give a gift to someone. You say, here's the trip we presented. And then they go on and they, they're having so much fun or they're, they've learned something new or they've made a new friendship. I mean, that's just those are all huge successes. I think of one in particular where this couple met on the trip and they got married. So those are kind of fun successes. That's super fun. Were you invited to the wedding? No, actually we weren't. <laughs> oh, you should have had an invite. I'm not sure why. I think it was, I think it was a, a small family affair, but. Um, yeah, no, no, that, that's fantastic though. But that's exactly what we're talking about, right? Making memories. I think as a tour operator and planning, you know, trips of a lifetime for people, I think is a fantastic way helping retirees 
opportunities to achieve their goals, just like we do in terms of their portfolios and financially, we're making sure that they achieve their goals. But what I do is not just about money. To me, it's much more than that when we're looking at retirement as a whole for people, mental health and traveling and make sure they're achieving their goals in all different fronts. And frankly, that's why we do Ready, Set, Retire, don't we, John? We want to look at all different aspects for people and get really um, great professionals on the podcast with us so that you're able to provide some great advice uh, that they can use as well. So the again, great success stories. That sounds so fun. I always say to people, when I retire, which don't worry, it will be in many, many years from now, I would love to be a tour guide. The reason is because you're helping people, everyone's having fun, they're on vacation, they're relaxed, and uh, and so you never know. You never know. Maybe when I'm 75, I'll be a tour guide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's big. You'd be awesome, I'm sure. I think you would get a, a lot of people following you. <laughs> So, Melinda, any final uh, travel tips while we wrap this up? I, I just uh, the idea of, of travel insurance as one gets older uh, comes to mind. Any hints, any ideas around that? Because it can get kind of expensive. I think for one thing, you need to deal with a reputable company. Whatever you decide to do, you should do your research regarding that company. Whatever it is, it's, if it's a hotel or a, a tour uh, package. And the other thing I think is really important for people to compare itinerary to itinerary, what's included, what's not included, number of meals, number of venue inclusions. Are you driving by something or are you actually touring the venue? And then what money will you have to take out of your own pocket when you're on the trip? I'm talking from the aspect of a group travel. So when the itinerary says X or Y, what does the other itinerary say? And why is one more expensive than the other? Like you, I think it's good to know, you know, how many people are on the group, that kind of thing. So, John, you mentioned travel insurance. We sell uh, what we call a peace of mind plan. We don't call it insurance. We call it a plan. And it's usually for about $30 a day. And that means a person can cancel for any reason whatsoever uh, and get all their money back, except for the price of the plan, of course. Um, so it gets people, nobody really wants to get out of traveling once they've booked. So this gives them an opportunity to cancel for any reason whatsoever. But I always recommend beyond that for people to get their medical, of course, when traveling outside of Canada or even inside of Canada, getting the provincial medical for each different province. It's important to do that. But definitely do your homework in terms of if you're looking at a group travel do your homework, compare what's included and what's not. Those are such important things, I think. I would just say with the medical insurance, that comes up a lot, uh, John. It was a good question there in conversation with clients because they're talking about budgeting for a trip and they're going, oh my God, this medical insurance is so expensive. And what I say is don't let it stop you from traveling. You just have to incorporate that into your overall budget. We understand that it gets more expensive as you age. Don't let the insurance kind of stop you. Just understand that it's going to cost more. We'll take it out of the portfolio it'll be paid for you're going to be fine and then look at uh, planning those trips uh, whether it's provincially or in Canada there's so much to do and to plan for and it's exciting it's a, an exciting time as we come out of the pandemic and to you know get social again hang out with people travel and um, you know, learn new things have new experiences and I'm so happy that we're able to finally get over this hump and have a travel specialist on uh, on air with us and uh, Again, you've done a great job today, and we thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun and a great opportunity for myself, so I appreciate that. And I just wanted to share a little quote. Well, I just really believe 
wholeheartedly that life is short, travel while you can. It's a simple quote, but it's it really rings true. Exactly. And another quote out there is always, you know, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And that's what we want to see. And again, if you want to reach Melinda and her team, you can always uh, look at agelessadventures.com or reach her at 604-542-5566. And again, Melinda, thanks so much for being here. And it's great to talk to you as well, John. Uh, looking forward to talking to you again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, thank you, Melinda, very much. Very insightful. And uh, Laurie, great to talk to you as always. And we'll do it again in a couple of weeks. That's all for this week's edition of Ready, Set, Retire. If you're interested in learning more or have any questions, please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management, 604-695-LORI, 604-695-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening, and join us again in two weeks for another edition of Ready, Set, Retire.